0: Welcome to Sailing in the Mediterranean and Beyond podcast. I'm your host. My name is Franz. I'm not going to do much of a preamble today because I'm going to be talking with Zach Grant, At Sailrite, Zach is is the son of Matt Grant, and Matt Grant is the son of the founder of the company. But I wanted to share with you an app I found. There is an organization called LibriVox, L-I-B-R-I-V-O-X. I'd never heard of this until I heard somebody on another podcast that I listened to mention it. Well, what LibriVox is, is it's an organization, and I assume it's nonprofit because they don't charge for anything, of narrators that go in and put books that are in the public domain into audio format. And I downloaded the app LibriVox, L I B R I V O X, onto my phone, did a search, and there are a lot of great books. All narrated by amateurs. And I've listened to, or I'm listening to right now, Two Years Before the Mass by Dana. And I listened to last week, Joshua Slocum Sailing Alone Around the World. Now I've looked for some of the Hornblower books, and there is one old, I think it's a radio show of Horatio Hornblower. I haven't listed that one yet. But that's another series of books that I think would be great to uh, listen to. But there's about 50,000 books that are available. All the Shakespeare books, um, Robert Louis Stevenson, all the old books, not all of them, because they're still working on getting them in audio format. But I went to the organization LibriVox.org and I signed up and I volunteered to do some narration. So I'm going to be doing that like I don't have enough to do right now. But anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. I think this is a great resource. If you like to listen to audio like I do, you should check them out. All right. With that out of the way, let me get on to my interview with Zach Grant of Sailrite. All right. Second time through with Zach Grant, I pushed the wrong button when I thought I had started the recorder. We talked for, what, probably 15 minutes, and now we're starting all over again. Talk about bloopers. Anyway. Zach, it's good to talk to you. (laughs) Zach, you are the son of Matt Grant of Sailrite, and Matt is the son of who again?
1: Jim Grant.
0: Jim Grant, who is the founder of Sailrite. Tell the people what Sailrite does.
1: Well, I, I will preface that because if Hallie, my mother, or Connie, my grandmother, hear this, and I know they will, They'll say, Zach, why didn't you mention us? Because we were e- we equally had an important hand in starting and running the company. So, this is a shout out to Connie Grant, Jim's husband or Jim's wife. I'm sorry, and Hallie, my mother, who is Matt's wife. Uh, kudos to them as well. But uh, uh, Right is that uh, uh, we're steeped in knowledge, and what I mean by that is our goal is to build the DIY marketplace uh, for sewing. So if you have any form of sewing project in mind, our goal is to teach you and walk you through the process of learning how to sew, learning how to pattern. Uh, From start to finish, we want to be your partner in that endeavor. Uh, So to that end, we have a full YouTube channel that supports, I think actually we're close to 2,000 videos now. We've had our YouTube channel for 10 years and uh, our videos range from doing bags to doing leather work to marine canvas. Uh, we try to do a little bit of everything because we think it's so important to grow uh, that market. And to that end, we also want someone to know what they should be using and how they should be using the products to make whatever they have in mind. So we're more or less a one-stop shop providing everything from the sewing machines, fabrics, uh, and how-to content to get your sewing project done.
0: All right. And I visited your plant about 3 years ago. You guys have been sponsors of this podcast for I think 4 years now, maybe 5 years. And you have been my first and only sponsor, and I really appreciate you being a sponsor of this podcast. I wouldn't let you be a sponsor if I didn't like your products. I like <laughs> I like Sailrite. I like your products. Uh, I know the first year I got you to be a sponsor, I, I said, "Okay, give me a Sailrite sewing machine, and, and I'll and I'll advertise for you," and uh, that was a great deal for me. I love that <laughs> sewing machine.
1: <laughs> well,
0: good. Yeah, and uh, I want to. Yeah, I wanted to tell you a story about that machine because I am just blown away with how powerful that machine is. I, I built last year two leather sheaths for axes and the first leather sheath was for a double-bladed axe and I hand-stitched that one because I didn't think there was any way a machine would uh, go through the three layers of very heavy leather that I had in this in this sheath and then the second one I thought well what's the downside of trying to sew through this with my Sailrite machine and so I got your leather needles and Uh, the leather thread, and I put it in, could barely, barely stuff it under the foot of the, uh, of the Sailrite machine. In fact, I had to really push hard to get it in there. And I I remember when I was doing this and Matt said, well, anything you can get under that, that foot will, will sew, it'll sew. And I thought, well, this is a test for that. Um, So I got it on there and they, I pressed the, uh, switch the power of the foot switch to turn on the machine and and it did a couple stitches and then the needle broke i thought okay well let me change the needle and the next time i did it i just turned it by hand and it wasn't that many stitches and it would go just fine by hand through everything so i i was (laughs) i could not push an awl through this machine through this leather the only way i could get a needle through this leather was to drill a hole and push a needle through it. But I could not get a hand-all needle through this leather. So I was really surprised that the Sailrite sewing machine would go through this leather. And I'm totally impressed with it. <laughs>
1: awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, uh, we actually have a customer uh, local here that does very small leather goods. And uh, he uses the machine in a way that I've, I've never heard of. He doesn't thread it. He sets the stitch length to whatever... He, he wants the, the stitch to look like for his leather, and then he operates it by hand as that he uses the sewing machine as an awl, and it spaces the stitches, he just hand cranks along, and then once it's done, he has his holes punched, and he'll hand stitch it. I thought, huh, that's an expensive awl, but that's a, that's a different way of thinking.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's another, I'd, I'd never thought of that, but yeah, I guess if you want to say it's hand stitched, you need to do something like that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right. And also, you have Sailrite Machines for Tandy Leather Company, too, don't you?
1: Uh, we do, yes. Yep. They. Uh, we started that partnership uh, a couple years ago, and uh, uh, it's it's been a great partnership with them. We've learned a, a ton about their industry. And uh, uh, because they're using it in what I would consider an equally harsh environment uh, as sewing so Dacron sails, Uh, we've, we've further learned what some of the, the weaker components in the machine are because what we were hearing from the store managers was that they would shove as much dense veg tan under the foot as possible to impress the people coming in to look at the machine and doing that day in and day out, obviously exposes the, the weak components. And I I don't want to mislead anybody by saying there are weak components in the machine. Uh, But they are the failure points if someone happens to move the leather, the needle comes down, hits the needle plate, something's destined to break because metal on metal with a lot of torque and something's going to break. So we've actually uh, utilized that knowledge to reinforce and beef up those components uh, to hopefully enable machines to last even longer than they have. And that's saying something considering we still have machines that we're servicing that have been in the industry or I guess in the field. Uh, for over 20 years
0: now. Wow. Yeah. I had another project that I worked on this winter. I have a tractor, a Kubota tractor, that I use to blow the snow out of our our driveway in the winter at the ranch. And I took the door off, uh, which has this plastic glass in, and I set it down, and I dropped it on the ground, and it dropped on a stump, a little stump that I'd cut off, and poked the glass out. Oh. oh yeah, you know the feeling of that. Okay. So I thought, well, I, I I don't want to deal with this. So I took this I took the frame off the door frame off and took it down to an all uh, an awning company and I said fix this. They said, "Well, uh you're going to have to take it off the frame," which is what I did not want to do. I was hoping they'd have the machines that uh, I wouldn't have to take the material off the frame. That was a steel frame. And I so they said okay, so I went home and I took it all off the frame. I had to re-drill out a whole bunch of rivets to get it off, because the f- the material was riveted onto the frame, and then it was also velcroed on. But I was able to get the frame off and get the material off, and then I took it back down to them, and they said, "I said okay, how much is it going to cost to replace this glass?" And they said, "I'm going to say it was around two hundred and seventy dollars is what they wanted." And I said, well, how long is it going to be? And they said, oh, we're really busy. Uh, it's going to be a, about two weeks. And I'm thinking, I don't, you know, this is winter. I don't want to be having my door off for this period of time when I'm blowing snow. And I said, well, how much is the uh, the vinyl, the glass, the glass vinyl? They said, oh, that's going to be about $30. So I said, well, give me that glass, and I'm going to go do it myself. So I took it uh, up to the up to the ranch, got my machine out, and literally it took me no longer than 15 minutes to put this in. <laughs> uh, seriously, it took me only about 15 The hard part was taking the material off the frame and getting it back on, but the actual replacement of the glass was about 15 minutes. And the machine, your Sailrite machine just went right through that without any trouble at all. So... Another, uh, good, another to hear, good to hear that. Yeah, another editorial for the Sailrite Sewing Machine. Uh, <laughs> all right, so what new products have you added the, uh, this year to your catalog?
1: Oh, well, I have to say the most exciting one, and it seems like such a small thing until you use it, is a, a battery-operated hot knife. Hmm. Uh, it it, it's, it seems so silly because, you know, you plug everything in, and we've been selling a corded hot knife for years but it is the just convenience factor of not having to plug something in is night and day and uh uh, one of the happy happenstances that we weren't actually planning for uh with that tool was uh we didn't realize how much quicker a battery operated tool would warm up uh compared to a corded version uh so really all around it's just it's a fantastic tool um but then on top of that there's uh the drill hole cutter set. So if you have to place a a ton of snaps or a ton of uh, uh drill a ton of holes for whatever your application uh you just chuck a drill this uh drill hole cutter in a in a drill bit and uh you're off to the races. So uh especially if you have to cut a hole when you're on your boat, uh you no longer have to worry about well, where am I going to what am I going to use as my anvil because I don't want to obviously hammer on my gel coat or fiberglass. So there's actually a a handheld cutting pad that you can hold while you're drilling holes. So it really just a very beneficial tool uh, if you have to cut holes while uh, while sailing or on the water.
0: Yeah, I'm looking uh, at right, from that, that I'm oh, looking yeah. at them on your website as you're talking. So yeah, you have got uh, all the way down from half inch down to one eighth inch holes that it'll cut. Then
1: yeah, and it even it's uh, there's a kit that has them all in it. A nice little carrying case. Uh, uh, that holds the cutting tool as well. It's it's just a, a fantastic little kit that you can throw in your tool bag and whatever you need to cut holes for. It uh, does a great job. Everything from uh, clear vinyl, like you mentioned, uh, to leather to canvas, it it does it all. And I guess I should say, webbing has historically been a nightmare to punch holes through. You always get the uh, the loose fibers when you use a hammer and uh, uh, hammer and hole cutter. But with the spin hole cutter, just cuts them all and you get a perfectly cut hole. It's, uh, it's a fantastic tool.
0: So is it cutting by friction and melting it and and sealing the edges when you're doing it then?
1: Unfortunately, it doesn't. The only material it seems to fuse is Dacron because it takes that much longer to cut through the coating on Dacron. Uh, but if you're cutting something like Sunbrella, unfortunately, no, there's not enough friction heat to seal the edges. Um but that is an interesting idea. I'll have to mull that one over once we get off this call to see if that is a feasible possibility.
0: Hmm. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you had to heat it heated up as you were doing it, that would work. But how would you get the electricity to it to heat it up, or have an element in there to something to think about? I'm sure yes. somebody <laughs> can figure it out. So, if that's if that's needed, if it's something that's needed, or even even maybe uh, an attachment to your. Uh, to your the hot heating, knife the hot knife yeah. that would be just burning through in a hole size something like that i would think that that might work true yeah
1: true huh uh, you see i need to talk to you more often You're gonna, or, hey you looking for a job we're uh, we're in indiana <laughs> not much not much water around but We have fun here, I assure you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I went to high school in South Bend. I don't know if you knew that, but... uh, I did not know that. No. Small world. No, in fact, when I was out there to visit your plant, I was back there to see my mother, uh, who still lived in South Bend at the time. She passed away about a year ago. I'm sorry uh, to hear that. um, Yeah, it was sad. She was 89 years old, and she told me she didn't want to live to be 90, so uh, it was okay. Uh, Everybody has their time, but... Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't really have a reason to go back to Indiana anymore now. I, I, left when I left when I graduated from high school. I was out to the west like a bullet because that's where I grew up Early my early uh, years was, was in Utah. But,
1: well, uh, it's slight tangent. You said you didn't have a reason to come back to Indiana, but one of the cool things that we're doing is we're expanding our facility here, uh, and uh, uh, there are a lot of cool things in the pipeline. So if you were to make your way over here, I'd love to show you some of those things.
0: Yeah, and I always enjoyed. You know, I haven't. Like I say, I have. I think uh, I've met Matt, and when I went through the facility a couple years ago, you weren't there. You were off doing something. But he took me to your desk and said, uh, "This is where my son Zach sits, and he's in charge of marketing." So that's why I'm talking to you instead of Zach now. He's 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 stepping down. He's stepping up and delegating.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, that and he happens to be in Florida uh getting out of the the cold indiana weather ah so i can understand dog.
0: that yeah I and when i we went to you know the you talked about your mother being one of the uh key people in the company when i went to to matt's mm-hmm. office he said and that's where hattie's is it, is it hattie that's hallie. Your, hallie 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 <laughs> sits that's my wife i thought man you guys got to be close to be working all day long and then going home and spending uh The night together. Do you have any private times? That went through my mind. I did not ask him that, but that sort of went through my mind.
1: You must not have seen the bucket of uh, squishy balls by my mom's chair that she throws at him very often. (laughs)
0: No, I didn't see that. I did not see that. All right. So you guys are sponsors of the podcast. Thank you so much for being sponsors of the podcast. I like your company. And uh, let's talk about... uh, all right, I got another story to tell you. I had a new jib made for my boat. Uh, the, the sailmaker was in Turkey. And I wanted the sacrificial Sunbrella on the jib to be be sewn with uh, Tenera thread. Uh, because my experience is every sail cover, uh, the thread deteriorates much sooner than the actual material does. And so you got to re, restitch the... Uh, the, the sail cover material several times o- over the life of the umbrella. And so I thought, well, if I can just have this lifetime thread sewing it on, then I won't have to have it restitched in another five years or six years. And I took this over there, and they said, uh, well, they I took it to them. They said, okay, we'll use it. And then they never would use it. They just even refused to put it on their machines uh, because probably they just didn't want to rethread their machines. They were probably just lazy. <laughs> So I brought it back and it sat in my uh, thread box for a while. And then, t- then I had a project where I where it's going to be outside, and I thought, well, I'll I'll use that Tenera thread. And I'd I'd heard stories about how terrible it was to to sew with. In fact, you've got videos uh, on Sailrite talking about how to sew with Tenera thread because there seems to be problems with it because it is such a slippery thread. It's basically Teflon, and um, and. And so I put it on my machine, expecting the worst, and it sewed just fine just sewed fine i I wrote Matt an email, and i said matt my my Tenera thread works just fine, and this is what I did, so I thinking I'd found the holy grail of sewing with Tenera thread, and he wrote back and he said, "Well, you probably just got a good batch, <laughs> so I guess <laughs> there are good and bad batches with this lifetime type thread that you sell then
1: yeah, it's uh uh." I, I can't speak from experience because I – well, I, I guess I can speak from experience, but I can't speak from knowledge because it's it's not – I don't we don't make the thread. But as I understand it from our rep, uh, there are variances in uh, the thickness and the uh, – uh, I don't know if viscosity is the right word, but slipperiness of the thread uh, because more or less the process to make it is they put a big – clump of this uh, uh, PTFE or polytetrafluoroethylene into a, a vat, and then it's more or less extruded or pulled into uh, whatever denure thread is necessary uh, before it's cured. And I, as I understand it, and I'm not an expert on this, I, I don't know if I can say that enough, but uh, it is inconsistent, and uh, there is variation from uh, batch to
0: batch. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad I got lucky. That's all I can say. So I've got, i got both the Tenera thread and the other thread that you had there. Anyway, the other lifetime thread. I can't remember it off the top of my uh, my head. But I guess you also have a Sailrite brand lifetime thread.
1: Yeah, we uh, – uh... So we've been fighting this battle for for
0: years. People
1: wanting to use the lifetime threads for the reasons you uh, you mentioned. It just it lasts longer, and no one wants to restitch their canvas that they already spent a good amount of time working on. Uh, and we've tested probably thirty some variations of PTFE threads, and uh, we finally came across one that's uh, made in Austria uh, that worked better than the others. It's still not perfect. It's still slippery. Uh you can still expect to get some skip stitches just due to the nature of the thread. But uh by putting our name on it, it was it was supposed to be our forward facing endorsement of that one, uh, to be the least stressful one to sew with. Not stress free, but least stressful.
0: Yeah. Well, like I say, I've never had any trouble with Teneros and knock on wood. Yes. (laughs)
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah. Our uh, our sewing machine technician's rolling over in his chair right now after hearing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, okay, I'm, this is going to be an experiment. So I tried a little sunbrella, and no problem. I thought, okay, well, go for it. All right. So I'm looking at your home, your your website, and the, the, your home page. You've got a a um, An article on how to build a tool pouch and I'd built one of those tool pouches on my own before this and I'm sure I didn't do as good a job as you guys did but I wanted to ask you to talk to you about this you guys have when I went through on a tour of your facilities you have a specific area of your your warehouse set aside for making these videos and these videos have to be the main source of advertising for your company because they are so informative and after you watch a few of your videos you want to su- support the company that puts them out and trains it. People, talk to us about your studio. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the uh, so studio is a relatively uh, new addition, and it uh, it actually stemmed from a customer commenting on a video uh, where we were doing. I think at the time it would have been a cushion in uh, in our sale loft. So we have big tables, uh, and we were able to lay all the patterns out, and it was just a, a seamless process. And this customer. Or person viewer watching the video said, "Yeah, that's all well and dandy. If I had a, a you know a massive table to work on, I could do that too." And obviously, uh, we realized, uh, well, if we're not making this look easy, or well, we're making it seem like it can't be done unless you have a massive workspace, we're not doing uh, any of the viewers justice. So Eric uh, brought up in uh, in a meeting uh, the comment, and we all unanimously said perfect let's let's build a studio one that looks like a house that has what we would consider reasonable work tables and uh uh, let's start doing every video in there to prove that you don't need a massive space to do a lot of these projects while it may take some uh finagling with the material especially if you're doing a, a sale uh it is possible
0: okay And you have a a group of people that work together. How big is your your crew for for doing your videos?
1: Uh, So the videography team uh, uh, that just does videos in and out uh, is actually only uh, two people uh, that do all the video filming, directing, and editing, and uh, that's Eric Grant and Seth Grant, so my cousin and my uncle. Uh, But they will obviously pull in a bunch of the project people uh, that you've probably seen in the videos, you know Cindy, uh, Deb, Brian, uh, Matt, myself. Uh, so they'll pull from uh, the rest of the staff, but full-time videographers. Uh, it's just those two.
0: Okay, okay. Well, this sounds like a great family company. How many family members work
1: there? Well, uh, funny you should say that, and I should know this because yesterday we uh, uh, we did a photo shoot with every family member who is working here. Uh, Jim and Connie came back to that picture, too, just for posterity's sake. But there are 13 of us here, uh, 14 if you include my sister, who comes back to work uh, during her breaks uh, uh, when she's not at school.
0: Wow. You guys must get along really well for a family <laughs> we we
1: do uh, but we've also luckily found our own little niches in the company where we don't necessarily have to work next to each other
0: <laughs> so so every day is a family reunion then
1: every day is a family reunion yes it's uh it's quite fun but you know uh, it, it's uh while the family is here uh, it's very easy to forget that they're family because everybody uh, uh, seems like family here. I mean, it's not uncommon that we have uh, – well, actually, here, this is a better example. Uh, it is such a close-knit group here. One of the things that we uh, just invested in was a, uh, a hot dog machine like you'd see at a gas station, mm-hmm. a nacho machine that does cheese. And every Wednesday uh, – we. well, I guess I should say pre-COVID – uh, we'd get together in the break room. Uh, we'd just get away from our desk, get away from everything, and hang out. And I would say I know uh, everybody working here almost as much as I know the family members working here. So it's uh, it's really kind of a cool experience.
0: Do you have much turnover in employees? Uh,
1: it depends on the department we're talking about. Uh, up in the office, no. Our turnover is extremely low. Uh, but when you talk the warehouse uh, and I don't fault anyone for this they're obviously constantly lifting 50 pound rolls and they're on their feet all day uh, that turnover is a little more but I'd say our average ten years two years back there uh, and that would be our, our small well, I guess our greatest turnover um, but yeah it's we're trying to do things to make their job easier uh, so that we can keep them longer because obviously, uh, uh, we like everybody we hire. It's a big part of, uh, the hiring process here. We want to make sure everybody gets along and, and we all have the same goal of, uh, a customer first mentality and making sure we're doing things not only for our customers, but also for our own personal health and our community's health. And, uh, if someone's not on board with that, then, uh, we've learned that, uh, they may not be a good fit long term. So, uh, uh Our community is very important to us here at Sailrite.
0: Yeah, yeah. When I was back there, and uh, Matt was taking me through that warehouse of yours, you were about, oh, probably about two thirds to three quarters full. There was still a little bit of empty space in the back behind your foam (coughs) packaging machine, Um, and I thought, how's it, how's it going now? Have you filled up that space?
1: (laughs) We. that is a daily battle between purchasing and our, uh, our warehouse manager. Uh, we have no space. We're, we're packed to the gills, and uh, uh, we're actually currently in the middle of an expansion. Uh, we've, uh, we've broken ground, and now we're just waiting with bated breath for the new space to be finished so we can expand into it. But even so, uh, we've expanded it, or I guess we've planned to expand as large as we can on our plot of land. And we still don't think it's enough space for all the things that we're hoping to pick up and do.
0: Wow. And you're you're a bit out of the country. Your plant is sort of out in the country along a main road. What is that main road that goes through there? It's the, it's uh, U.S. 30. U.S. 30, yeah. You, yep. But you're a ways out of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And it looked to me like you had plenty of space around you could pick up if you needed to. Yeah,
1: it's uh, you know it's one of the things that we've considered – Uh, Then we look out in the warehouse and think, oh, boy, that's a lot to move. Uh, (laughs) But uh, more to the point, it's uh, uh, figuring out how to do it, because uh, one of the things we uh, have historically prided ourselves on is getting orders out the door uh, in one to two days. And uh, we're not sure process wise, or at least we haven't figured it out yet, how we could feasibly shift everything from one operation to another without. Shutting down and calling an all hands on deck situation where we just move everything. Uh, so I'm sure we'll figure it out, and I'm sure within the next year, next couple of years, we'll have to figure out how to do it. But for now, uh, we've put a Band-Aid on the problem.
0: Yeah, just well, that's great that you're expanding as well as you are, and COVID hasn't slowed you down. It sounds like, in fact, it sounds like you've picked up during the COVID.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was a rocky start uh, to, to COVID. Um, we uh, uh, we left our phone staff up in the front uh, as long as we could but there were days when uh, uh, we put out notes to our customers saying hey we shut the phones down Uh, we're trying to make it a priority to get your orders out the door and we actually had everybody from the front office go into the warehouse uh, and help pick orders help uh, prep do whatever we could to uh, get orders out the door as quickly as possible and even to the extent where Matt and Halley, the owners, were out there, uh, you know, at the crack of dawn and staying until sunset, just getting orders out the door.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I one thing that I have a problem with with Sailrite, and you and I talked about this before we started the uh, um, <clears throat> the conversation. Was I, I'm looking at my I'm just logging into my Sailrite account right now, and I think I got two or three. Things, yeah, I've got three three things in there. Uh, one th- Actually, one thing in my my checkout that totals $29.95. It's just basically a, z- a left zipper foot for the Sailrite Ultrafeed LSE1. And the reason I bought that is I bought the uh, three-quarter-inch binding tape <laughs> adapter, <laughs> and I ran some binding tape through there, and I was having a hard time keeping the thread on the binding tape. So I thought, well, okay, this foot's not letting the needle come over close enough to the material. Uh, so I thought, well, I'm going to try to get the left zipper foot for that. And it's sitting in my checkout box. And the reason I haven't bought it yet is because when I go to checkout, it's going to cost me like $12 to ship it. I thought That's, uh, that's a huge portion of the cost of it. And so I'm just waiting to add another enough, enough things to justify the, the shipping cost. What, what are you doing on this, something like that?
1: Yeah, the, uh, so obviously, being in the marketing department, I get flooded with those questions uh, really on a daily basis. And uh, I've, I bring it up and I've brought it up uh, a number of times. And as I understand it, uh, we have a system limitation. Uh, so the framework that we utilize for uh, our back end, for the order processing and so forth, uh, uh, limits what we can do in the way of packaging. So I guess we're we're stuck with USPSs or UPSs, whatever the, the shipping uh, group is. We're stuck with whatever rack rate they send us based on uh, how they perceive we'll package it. So uh – If that doesn't sound like it makes sense, it's because I don't fully understand it. (laughs) And it's hard to explain something you don't fully understand. But uh, I guess the the most recent question I asked to the warehouse manager was, why can't I send, for instance, this this presser foot in an envelope just with a stamp or two? And why can't we just send it? And his answer was the local post office uh, doesn't allow it uh, because – either the postmaster there has an issue with it because it varies. I guess there are some regulations on envelopes. All of this to say, and I know I'm not going to explain it well, and I haven't explained it well. I I know that. (laughs) But we are constantly looking into it. And uh, one of the big initiatives of the year is to uh, work on our back-end system, our ERP, uh, so that we can solve this problem because uh, uh, we know it's a, a struggling pain for customers. It's a pain for us. Uh, it, we hope to have it solved soon with this new update. Uh, I, I can't promise, but it is at the forefront of our minds. I can promise that.
0: Okay. that That's a good enough answer for me. You're working on it, in other words. so <laughs> Yes. I probably should have just
1: started with that instead of babbling like uh like a moron.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe I can add some more things. One of the things that one of the tools I do want is that little the stapler and stainless steel staples. And I might have to add that. And at that point in time, I would have enough to justify the the shipping costs, but not right now. So,
1: yeah. It's uh, uh yes, we're <clears throat> there are always talks on how to make things better and cheaper for customers and uh, while our rates on shipping really heavy Things are are great because we've worked. Our uh, warehouse manager has done an amazing job of negotiating those rates with the bigger shippers like UPS, uh, which is who we use, but who knows, it might be FedEx in the next year or so. But he's done an amazing job at that. It's just we can't seem to crack the the USPS thing, but uh, uh, we're working on it. We're hammering away.
0: Okay. Hey, what are the most popular uh, kits for sailors to buy from you?
1: Uh, That is a fantastic question. Uh, it has kind of shifted, actually, uh, uh, these last couple of years. Uh, historically, it would have been uh, the sail kits, uh, whether it be popular sail kits for like a, a nut pram or a, a sunfish. Uh, but it has shifted to more bag kits, believe it or not. So uh, people will buy the bag kits, and uh, we see them using, using them for day trips or to make for friends, family, or even to uh, to sell at whatever port they happen to go to. Uh, so a large number of our kits have have uh, shifted from the sale kits to bag kits.
0: Hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm looking here at the kits, the DIY kits, and you've got the sheet bag kits, which is one— I've considered buying and uh, uh, the winch covers, which I don't understand the point of a winch cover when you're out sailing all the time. <laughs> but I, I know on the boats I've sailed on, we put winch covers on after we go sailing, which I just never understood. But that's OK. That's just me. But right. uh, <laughs> But, yeah, I see well, lots it, of bags. Uh, it's it's oh go ahead
1: yeah it's it's uh it, it's fun the uh, uh it, it's all too easy for us to remember internally here at Sale right that uh, uh the main purpose that we create kits is yeah i guess for the end use of the product that's a big part of it but it it's also the easiest uh, uh foray into doing something you get you know a full-blown instructional video uh you get everything you need so it, it was designed to be a you buy it you don't think about what you need you don't think about any of that it's you buy it you do it you don't you don't really think about anything other than how do i do this and hopefully after doing those projects you get a sense for how easy sewing is as a whole so that when you want to do something more custom like if you wanted to uh uh, make a a custom bimini or dodger that wasn't uh uh, within the purview of our kits you can do that because you have that wherewithal and that know-how.
0: Mhm. Yeah. I went skiing a couple of weeks ago and uh and when I and I and I bought a new car and when I put my skis in the car, I kept worrying about the sharp edges, the sharp steel edges uh cutting the leather cuz I had to lay it down between a couple seats, my skis in there. And so after skiing and you know, but I took a towel to wrap around it where it was up against the leather just to protect the Mm -hmm. leather and after that day of skiing i came back and i said i'm just going to make a sock going over the top of my skis and slip (laughs) it over and so i literally i just went up to my workshop or my my second floor and Mm -hmm. uh, laid it out on my ping pong table and uh and and it took me about 45 minutes to build literally a sock that just goes over the top of the skis down below the bindings. So I slide that over and throw it in my car now and don't have to worry about cutting the leather with it, but just, and, you know, it's pretty easy to envision what I wanted. And after you've mm-hmm. sewn a few projects, it's, you don't need a kit to do that. You just need to think of what you need to measure. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nope. It's true. It's, it's funny. You you do a project and uh, it, it doesn't become as scary of a, a prospect sewing. Uh, it's, it's really quite simple when you get down to it. It's, really nothing more than if I held it here, what's it going to look like? Mm -hmm. And uh, really that's the root of, root of sewing then.
0: Well, I remember, Uh, I remember when my, they built my first full cover for my boat and I hired somebody to do it, a professional canvas guy to do it. And he came out, he, he he made a basically a rough pattern of what he needed. And then he came out and put a lot of clamps over where he's going to take material and put stitches in and, and doing it exactly like you're talking about is if I pinch it here, what's it going to look like? Is it going to fit better? What do I need to do? And that's that's what he did to fit the fit the full cover.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, it's yes, yes. You're absolutely right. It's uh, it's really as easy as it is. And I obviously am glorifying it because when there are certain projects that are challenging, <laughs> but part of the fun is sitting there thinking about how you do it, planning it out. And then implementing your plan—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's satisfying.
0: Yeah, my big complaint is my boat's in northern Italy, and my right machines in, in Salt Lake City, Utah, <laughs> and never the twain shall meet. So. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Well, I, well, that's uh, well, yeah, that's quite a bit of a distance. Uh, really hard to pattern over that distance. And,
0: and those machines are not light. I'm sure I'd pay overweight charges to get that on the plane. So.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Hey, Zach, is there anything else that we ought to touch on before we call it an interview?
1: You know, I uh, I, I don't think I have any anything else other than uh, uh, I, we appreciate everybody here, including my father, uh, appreciate everything you do uh, for the industry of sailing. It's uh, I, people like you that really keep us all entertained i uh, uh obviously to prepare listen to quite a few of your podcasts this year and in the previous years when we've uh uh, uh uh talked or or you've been brought up and uh i just every time i i listen or or hear you talk i think oh there's nothing more that i want to be doing than sitting on a boat and sailing <laughs> it's uh i i miss it it's uh you, it's just fantastic. I, we appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks for being a sponsor. And, and thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for being the resource to the community. I mean, I like I say, I, love, I like your company. I like what you do. I watch your videos all the time. Even if I'm not going to do a project, I still like to see how I might think about other projects. And so I'm always learning something from what you do. And I really appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm happy to hear that. And hopefully we, well, not hopefully, we will keep producing new and, uh, better content, uh, obviously, as technology improves and our team grows, uh, hopefully we'll be better and better at, at doing that to make it look easier and easier.
0: Yeah. Hey, I, I, that, there was one other question I had for you. Just thought about it, and I'll, I'll <laughs> probably think of a dozen other after we enter, at the, <laughs> after we end this interview. But you used to show up at the Annapolis Boat Show. I guess that's, I don't know if that's going on this year or not, but you would have workshops. Are you doing workshops in anywhere this year that you have planned out?
1: Uh, well, uh, I'll, let me preface that question with, uh, before, uh, uh Corona hit last year, that, uh, COVID hit, we, uh, we had plans to go to, I think it was seven trade shows, uh, two of which we were going to do, uh, tutorial classes. Uh, and that was kind of going to be our first year testing the waters of, we're going to do a bunch of trade shows because historically it's just been one a year, which has been Annapolis. Uh, obviously most of that crashed and burned and was canceled, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But uh, 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 this year, we have tentative plans to uh, do the class again in the fall Annapolis Boat Show. Uh, uh, My fingers are crossed that it doesn't get canceled. Uh, But then I hope that once this is all done, we can retry going to a multitude of shows around the country uh, so that we're not just hitting the East Coast people that want to either see the machine or... Uh, ask us questions in person.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, your your machine is such a broad machine that it covers both upholstery and and sailing. Do you do any upholstery trade shows or are you thinking of anything like that?
1: Uh yeah, there are uh, uh there was one uh I, for the life of me can't remember what it was called. Uh but the other one I was even more excited about, and I'm not sure I should say more excited about, but uh it's called Outland Expo. Uh, which really is, is a, a, a perfect parallel to sailors. It's people who uh, live in their vans or conversion vans, just travel the country uh, and live out of their van. Uh, so really, they're just land sailors. And uh, 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 we actually had a professor who teaches a class on sewing in this expo reach out and said, hey, I, I, I've used your machine, I have your machine, Uh, I'm teaching a class at our local college, uh, uh, teaching people how to sew. I'd love to get your sewing machines uh, uh, in front of those people and then also use them for the show so that we can sew up, I think he called them garbage bags for their trucks, uh, so that we can then donate the proceeds to uh, a local organization. Uh, And uh, while talking to them, they invited us to the show as well to help sew and, and just to talk about the machines to anybody that has questions. And uh assuming that's still going on, uh, we'll be there, and I'm super excited about it because that's a new market that, uh, quite frankly, I didn't know existed.
0: Yeah, I'm going to look it up because my daughter and I were actually thinking of doing a van conversion. I need a project, obviously. Uh, <laughs> and so yes. So it's been something I've been researching, so I'll check that out as well.
1: Yeah, well, then if if that if that's something you're going to do here soon, uh, just stay tuned. One of the things we, uh, we just acquired was a uh, dilapidated airstream that uh, we're going to fix up. We're going to redo the entire interior, and we're going to show uh, how to do the entire process.
0: Oh, that would be great. That would be a fun project to watch. All yeah, right.
1: yeah. It, it'll be a big project, but we're excited about it.
0: All right. Zach, thank you so much for coming on. This is a great time to get to know you, and I've enjoyed the interview. Let's keep in touch. And uh, anything else you want to add?
1: No, just thank you for having me, and uh, uh, when you're in Indiana next, just let me know.
0: All right. You take care.
1: You as well. Bye-bye.
0: The website for sailing in the Mediterranean and beyond is www.medsailor.com. Again, medsailor.com. Life is short. In the end, all that really matters is the memories you make. So make a few. Go sailing.
1: Joel, you want to know something?
0: What? Every now and then, say what the... F- what the fuck gives you freedom...
1: Freedom brings opportunity. Opportunity makes your future. If you can't say it, you can't do it.